Good morning, everybody. And to the rest of you, good morning. <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple of announcements. Uh, nothing uh, out of the ordinary, really. Uh, looks like uh, we have a regular Wednesday activities this week. Uh, 9 a.m., we have the touch point. Uh, and at 6 p.m., we have Amplify Youth Group, the teens. We have kids' activities. And at 6.30, we have the women's Bible study. Uh, it says here, we're also still looking for someone to work with elementary kids on Wednesday nights. Uh, if you're interested in that, please contact Kathy Cootley. All right. So this morning, uh, I'm going to tell a little story, I guess. <laughs> uh, something that happened just yesterday. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know, my wife... Linnea and I, uh, we have a little girl, she's seven months old, her name is Novella, we call her Vella most of the time, Vella with a V, uh, our beautiful little girl. Uh, yesterday, uh, I go in to change her, right? It's a routine, everyday, kind of ordinary thing, right? And I, I go into the room, you know, and it's, it's, it's the big job, right? It's not the little job, it's the big job, and so all the clothes are coming off, it's... But th this is just, again, it's a regular, everyday occurrence, right? It's Saturday, we're relaxing. Uh, and so I'm, I'm no, in no hurry, I'm in no rush, right? Now she is, she's kind of upset. Ah, come on, get on with this, you know, whatever. And, uh, anyway, so I have her, I need to get put new clothes on her, right? So I'm um, looking around the room, I have her on the floor on her stomach, and I'm getting a new onesie out, right? And, and I'm ready to go, and, and so, like I do most days, you know, I go to flip her over. Uh, and she's, I don't know if, if you've met our baby, she's, a, she's in the 96th percentile. She's a rather round baby. <laughs> uh, my mother says it, it comes from me. Uh, anyway, so I go to roll her over, and she makes it about halfway, and then her, I don't know, if you're on your stomach, I don't know if you ever tried to roll over her. arm must have been in a strange position, because uh, it, gets, it gets caught. And as she comes around, there's a loud popping sound and immediately she's beat red and it's screaming and I'm in a and I have this moment with her all alone in the room and I'm, and I'm holding her her right arm and it's it's not moving it's it's limp it's and she's screaming and it was it was terrifying wasn't it Bella <laughs> um, Mom comes in. Mom apparently has supernatural ability to be cool-headed and, okay, this is what we're going to do, Peter. You know, we're going to feed her, we're going to pray over her, and then if, if her arm's not still doing what it needs to be doing, we're going to go into the walk-in, right? And I'm, I'm a mess, right? I'm on the floor in my pajamas, you know, whatever. And uh, so I'm thankful for my, my wife in that moment. But Thankfully, as I'm holding her little arm on the floor, I get that breath of, you know, you have that moment, you, you don't know what's going on. I had that breath of, when I, her little fingers start to move just a little bit, that's a sign that at least you know it's not the worst thing that it could be, right? When you hear a loud pop, right, in her arm. Uh, and she's still, she's still crying, and she's still holding her arm rather limply. And so we do go into the walk-in, and we spend about three hours there, mostly just sitting around in rooms you, you probably are familiar with the procedure. 
uh, we finally get the, the doctor's result. Uh, and it, we, we praise Jesus this morning. Good result, good result. No fractures, no dislocation. Uh, his best guess is that she, she's strained it somehow. So if you see her today, she looks, she's, she's one-armed today. She, she, she has it kind of bound up in a nice little bandage. Um, <laughs> and so she has a, a floppy sleeve this morning. Uh, and she's over there. Uh, but we're thankful this morning, and I, uh, I thought it was just, uh, this verse came to mind. It's a familiar verse, uh, one we, we all know well. Uh, but it's from Philippians, right? Philippians 4. Uh, Be anxious for nothing, and in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So in those moments, uh, we all have moments. I, uh, I, I wouldn't say that I had much peace of mind uh, in throughout the, those, the few hours where we weren't certain what, what, was, what was going on. And, and what I was being reminded of the whole time is that he was with us then even, right? Uh, he was with little Vela and he had her in his hands and there was nothing I could do, so I just had to release that in a very constant, very tangible way that I guess I hadn't experienced before in my life. Uh, to have such a need, such an immediate need, and such an immediate care for someone where you knew you had to just constantly, in the hands of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we know that this is not something um, long-term or, or terrible. This is, the Lord is going to work something good even in these little moments, right, Val? So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, I'm going to pray over us this morning, a reminder that our giving box is on the back, and just a reminder that um, it's not after, you know, we see whatever healing or whatever thing we're looking for in this world. It's, it's as we are asking, as we are asking that, that word supplication in that verse, that's not a, that's not a word that means just uh, a regular everyday prayer. Supplication means you have a need that you are asking for desperately, right? And so even in that moment, we're supposed to be thankful. <laughs> uh, and so I'm thankful this morning for my beautiful daughter and my, my wonderful wife who has amazingly divine, cool head in the midst of, you know. So, Jesus, we thank you in the midst of whatever we are that we're going through, whatever our needs are this morning, we just pray in our spirits that we would be anxious for none of it, but be thankful in all things. That as we, even as we are asking, even as we are maybe in desperate need of something, that you are, we are trusting in you, that you are the supplier of all things. And even as we're giving this morning, uh, we would just remember that you are the provider of all things. You provide our healing, you provide our peace of mind, you provide all the things and the needs that we could possibly have. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And while Peter and Lena are getting situated here, um, by the way, a wonderful worship time, Abby and team there. And Zach's mom and dad are here today, Jim and Laura Bender. From, good to have you with us. But I'd like to pray for some of us. We have, some of us are on a mission right now in another country. I'm not gonna name countries or names, but uh, I'd like to pray for them this morning. There's some special needs that came up 
last night and this morning, and then also I believe they're going to be flying, at least some of them will be flying on, I think it's Tuesday. So let's just close our eyes here now and just, uh, many of you know who I'm talking about, the others you can pray in the Spirit too, right where you're sitting there quietly, just pray in the Spirit. But Father, we lift up this team from our church that's in this country right now. We just pray the covering of the Lord Jesus Christ around them, the bloodline of the Lord Jesus Christ, that hedge of protection around them, and uh, for wholeness, healing, and then also we just thank you for things that have been done in that place in this time frame, Lord. And we, we agree, we continue to agree in prayer for the mighty working of your Holy Spirit in that land, in that place. But also then we pray for safe journeys home. Safe journeys home. All the way, all the way through, safe journeys home. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. And Peter is so kind in the way he describes me in that story. Because I, I, I guess maybe I was calm, but I definitely was feeling scared, too, in that moment. But I think one of the things that I realized even just after it all happened, that my immediate reaction was to be her safe place. And I just think about how the Lord just immediately, that second that we're hurt or in pain, or even before, like, he wants to be our safe place, not comforter, and do everything he can to bring us wholeness and that's, yeah, that's just, that's what he does for us, and that's what we do for our children. Um, so anyways, so when we were thinking and praying about this message and just trying to think about all the different things that we could talk about, and um, I was just spending time with the Lord, and I feel like I was just kind of in this place of like, almost getting distracted spending time with him, trying to figure out what we were going to talk about. I was like, Lord, should I talk about this? Should we talk about that? Like, so many different things. And I, we both really wanted to come to this place of, we don't want to just talk to talk. We want to really share what is on the Lord's heart. And so in that place, I just was recognizing just where I've been personally and just what I've felt and I've kind of talked to some other people recently but I've just really felt that there's been kind of a weariness um, uh, and just like in the air and just on me and like I said some other people that I talked to just just kind of this heaviness and this like mental exhaustion and just kind of weariness really is a good word to describe it and so in that place of coming to the Lord, uh, you know, he draws that invitation of come to me, all who are weary. I was listening to worship music and this song came on 
that just really ministered to me. And we'll see how time goes today. We may play it later, but um, it was called I'm Here, and it's by the Upper Room Music. And so it was just talking about just all these different situations where God is here. And it was just that simple phrase of I'm here. <laughs> and that is something that when I, when I journal, I, I oftentimes I'll start sharing my thoughts and my prayers and, um, and then I leave room for the Lord to share with me. And oftentimes, no matter what my end of it is, is, oh, I'm worried about this or this is happening or I bring this before you, I'm here. <laughs> That's what he says to me. I'm here. And I know it seems like such a simple thing in every Christian, every person who follows Christ knows that he is with us, God with us. That's what Jesus did when he was born and we have Christmas coming around the corner and that's what Emmanuel means is God with us. And so we all know that. We all know that God's here. But as we just started to dive into this and um, just really letting it sink in, just the deeper revelation of what that actually means. Like, we sometimes, for me, I think, okay, God's, God's here, but he's not, he's not right here. <laughs> he's, he's somewhere here that I have to try to, like, try to find, but, but I can't really find him, and I, I don't really know him where he is, or I can't really hear him sometimes, but he's here, everywhere. <laughs> he's every fiber of every part of the earth and who we are, and everywhere he is here. And so when we see those different things in the world that we think, okay, God is definitely not there. Like, Anything that does not line up with God's truth is really just a twisting of his truth, a twisting of his creation, a perversion, a deception. It's like kind of like taking like a little um, kaleidoscope or like one of those little, um, you know, eyeglass things and it, it kind of distorts the vision of something that is true and real. And so any, like the devil isn't creative. You've probably heard that before. He, he doesn't create. And so anything that we see as darkness is really just a twisting of the light. And so if that's the way we see that, then God is in everything. And there's truth that can be pulled out in every situation, in every circumstance, in, in every um, location, everywhere. Wherever we think God isn't, where he's not, we can seek him and we can find him and see him because he is here. And so we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into Psalm 23. But I just wanted to start out with that because that was just a personal revelation that the Lord was giving me just about um, just the depth and the reality of he's, he's
he's closer to you than he's not. <laughs> he's closer to you than your breath. And so recognizing that he's so here for you and he's not against you and he'll never leave you. And I think that that revelation, if we really truly let it sink deep into us, will recognize the nature of what him being here actually means. And then we're able to return and say, I'm here, Lord. I'm here. All right. So, like Naya said, today we are going to just read through Psalm 23. It's a familiar psalm, right? We uh, some of us probably have memorized it. It's six verses. Um, but even as we were talking, me and Linnea, uh, Linnea at one point was like, well, why are we even going to read Psalm 23? Everybody knows it. Uh, maybe we should do something else, right? And, and I had to go, well, maybe that's the point, though, right? Is that sometimes it's the things that are most familiar uh, are the things that we often don't think about, right? We, we just rattle it off. It's, it makes, it's kind of like, oh, it's a fuzzy, feel good, put it on a shirt, put it on a poster. But do we recognize the, the heart of what it's saying? Do we recognize the power of its message, right? And we picked, I mean, it's part, that's part of it. In Psalm 23, it is such a nice, um, compact little message about this idea of him being with us, right? Uh, it's a, just such a beautiful expression of what that, that looks like, um, what his character is like as he is with us and our kind of our relationship with him. And so uh, you can turn there with us, Psalm 23. I'll, I'm going to read it for us. Uh, and I have, you might notice my version's a little different than yours, uh, but you can bear with me. So, Psalm 23, Yahweh is my shepherd. I shall want for nothing. He makes me to lie down in grassy pastures, and he leads me beside the waters of rest and comfort and refreshment. He restores my soul to me. He guides me in paths of righteousness, all for the purpose of his name. Moreover, though I walk through a valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, these are comforts to me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and loving kindness shall pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Yahweh for all the length of my days. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of take it, take it slow, go line by line, and see what, what revelations come, yes? <laughs> um, I think first, uh, we, we just start with the first two lines, right? Uh, Yahweh is my shepherd. And you can see there on the screen there, it says the Lord. Anytime you see the Lord in all capitalizations, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, L-O-R-D like that, uh, 
that was a medieval solution uh, to uh, translating the Lord's name, Yahweh. And so I like to say Yahweh whenever I say that as often as I can because that is his name that he gives to us, that he tells us. And it's especially uh, uh, important in this, this, uh, this psalm, right, because he says that he does all the things he does for the purpose of his name. So Yahweh is my shepherd. I shall want for nothing, or I shall not want, right? Um, this is a really significant little image, isn't it? Uh, the first thing is it's, it's just identifying something, right? Uh, that we are all followers of something or someone, right? We have to choose our shepherd in life, right? Who's going to shepherd us? What's going to guide us and lead us? What's going to care for us, right? Uh, I think uh, the, the image of a shepherd is obviously would have been very, uh, something very familiar with, with, uh, with David, the writer of the psalm, right? And with the, the audience of anybody who would have heard this at the time, it's very familiar image, uh, be a familiar job, something just very average, mundane, everyday, uh, and a shepherd takes good care of his flock, right? That's his, that's his livelihood. I mean, you can just think of it, the thing that you do, right? The thing that you care most about, uh, you take care of that thing because that you have an investment in that thing, right? That's something that is, is yours. It's something that belongs to you, and it's something that you'll care, you'll do anything for, right? Uh, and so... When it says Yahweh is my shepherd, uh, that's a big deal. Uh, to say that you're the one who cares for you is the God of the universe, the named God of the universe. And because of that, what can you lack? What, what, what won't you have, right? Because it'll all be there for you. Uh, and that, uh, is, he sums it up right at the beginning. He wants us to be certain that it's like that's who we are coming to. That's who we are belonging to. Uh, before we even get into his character, just recognizing that that is the type of shepherd he is. I think, um, like Peter said, it's important that he started out with this because he's laying the foundation. So some of these first verses, he's laying the foundation for what our walk with God should look like. So it begins with this idea of because he is my shepherd, because he is the one who cares and holds on to my heart, I lack nothing. There's nothing that I do not have in him. And so even just um, a few years ago, this phrase the Lord just kept telling me over and over, there is abundance, there is abundance. And I think oftentimes, anytime that we act, or anytime that we sin, really, it's out of a, a need for something. It's out of believing a lie that we lack something, believing that we there's something we don't have that we need, that we're trying to get, that we're chasing after. And so when we can have this revelation that there is abundance, then we can live from a place of not lack, but his abundance. And then when someone does something to us that offends us, or when a situation happens in the world that scares us, then we're able to come back to that place of, no matter what happens, I lack nothing. 
I have abundance in Christ. He gives me that fullness. He's the one that restores and gives me wholeness. And so I just think that's so important for us to recognize that whenever, we're, whenever we feel like we are lacking, it's probably because we are in a place where we're not understanding the depth of the abundance of the love of Christ. And that it's always there. That's the thing about abundance. It's always there. It's a huge storehouse of endless abundance of anything and everything we could ever need. That is always there. And so we just have to ask. And so part of our question then is always like, all right, so we're getting on board. We have this shepherd, right? What, uh, what's he gonna have us do? What's that journey gonna look like? What uh, is the character of us belonging uh, to him? Uh, and this is how he describes it in this first bit, right? This is, this is what the life of a sheep belonging to the good shepherd looks like, right? Um, and even though this is a familiar verse, we don't, I don't know if we always think this way, if we always see this as, as our lot in life, right? Uh, he makes me to lie down in grassy pastures. He's leading me beside waters. Uh, it says still waters, right? But this is, uh, it's a bigger image than that. Uh, it's, it's still, as it's, it means restful, it means at peace, it means uh, a place of comfort, refreshment. Uh, he leads me there. That's where he's taking me. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for the purpose of his name. Uh, and so we start just with that, that first image. The, first, the very first thing it shows him doing to a sheep isn't beating the sheep, getting him to go somewhere. It isn't teaching the sheep a good lesson first. It's taking him to a place of rest. <laughs> uh, the, the first image is an image of rest, starting from rest. Um, uh, we were listening to a, a message earlier by, uh, uh, yesterday we were listening to a message uh, by a man named uh, Bill Vanderbush, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, and he was giving a message on Psalm 23. Uh, he made a little joke that I, I think is kind of funny that sometimes uh, you notice that it says, he makes me lie down. And sometimes that seems to be what we need here, especially uh, uh, we, can, we can be kind of go, 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 workaholic, get things done. And sometimes it takes, some, it takes a good shepherd to say, no, you need to, you need to sit. <laughs> you need to take a break. You need to stay with me for a while uh, in my presence, in that place of peace and rest that is, is me, right? Uh, because these images, these aren't just the places we go. These are the things that we are in him, right? Uh, obviously, we don't have to, it's not a literal thing where, okay, now I have to go out and find a, a grassy place, I guess, and gotta go sit for a while. It's, it's our internal existence with him. Uh, to be laying in that place. Yeah, I just think that, yeah, that rest, that, and we often think, like Peter was saying, like, okay, I need to get my work done, and then I'll rest. I need to get X, Y, and Z. And I was telling Peter as I was doing this, I don't know about you, um, I don't know if it's a woman thing or if it happens to everyone, 
But sometimes when I sit down to do my devotion time, that's the time that I suddenly remember all of the different things that I've forgotten to do. And it's like, oh yeah, I need to message this person. Oh yeah, I need to do this, I need to do that. And <laughs> Peter was saying, well, it may be because it's like the first time you're actually like sitting down and letting yourself think a little bit. But the thing is, it's like we often run to that place of like, okay, I need to finish this, then I can rest. And this isn't just talking about physical rest. This is talking about that supernatural rest that the Lord gives us. And when we're able to enter into that rest, then we're able to walk in peace. We're able to walk by the still waters. And I used to always think like, well, what does that actually mean to enter into the rest of God? And, you know, like, I've thought like, okay, well, being the figure it out kind of person, uh, analytical person that I am, be like, okay, I need to figure out exactly how to rest. And like trying to cross off all the check marks of like, okay, did I do this? Is this the way I rest? And so I think some of us can be that way. Some of us have a lot easier of a time entering into the rest of God. But I think it's so much more than just, um, again, with him being here, it's so much more than, okay, here's his rest. Now I enter in it. It's here he is everywhere, and I let go. It's more of a letting go. It's more of a releasing than it is even a striving to get into. Because that's kind of what I used to think it was. Like, like rest is like this little box that you have to find. And then you have to try to crawl in this rest box and be like, okay, I guess I'm resting now. But instead, it is this lifestyle where God is everywhere. He is here. He is abundant. He is for us. He's our shepherd. And we just lay back and rest. And I know that that can sometimes be easier said than done, but I think one of the things that just really helps me is just taking that time, because um, sometimes even devotional time for me has become like an obligation or a check mark or something that actually takes me out of a place of rest because I'm trying to make it into something that accomplishes something, um, like unless I get this sort of revelation, or unless this happens, or unless I feel better, I won't feel like that devotion time was successful. And so it's, but the Lord has really been working on my heart of saying, you know, it's just me. It's me and you. Whether it's on a walk, whether it's in this moment, and the reason why we take that time to, like, physically rest in him is when we align our bodies and our minds, our spirits all into the presence of God, that's where we're able to, um, we're aligning ourselves in that way and we're able to then carry out 
what he has for us because we're able to come and be centered. But that's not, that's not where he wants, he doesn't want us to just stay sitting in our little morning chair with our cup of coffee and our Bible, which is a wonderful place. He doesn't want us to stay there forever. He doesn't want us to sing just 24-7. Like, he wants us to live our lives in a way where that worship becomes a part of who we are, and it comes out of us, and that rest comes out of us, so that it's no longer a place, or it's no longer a destination that we're getting to, but it's who we are is reflected from us. That's good. <laughs> uh, this next line, uh, the one about leading me beside the still waters, so I don't have this much. I think it's sometimes we, one we kind of skip over, right? Uh, we lie down in green pastures, we're beside still waters, on with the next verse, right? Um, and surely these are, obviously, a, a images that are tied together, uh, peaceful places, also refreshing waters of restoration, right? Um, but the thing about water in the Bible is it's uh, nine times out of ten, it's, it's rarely presented as a, as a still, calm, refreshing thing. Nine times out of ten, you see it as being this... Uh, usually associated with the ocean or the sea. It's this roiling, chaotic, uh, unpredictable place, a place of danger, right? Um, and even this word, it says here, it says he leads me beside the still waters. Uh, but if you, you take a look at it, that the first time that word beside shows up is actually in the first verse of the Bible, the first chapter of the Bible where it shows God hovering above the waters. He's beside the waters in a way. You know, we think of the word beside as like next to but oftentimes this word actually means above. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how that works with sheep necessarily. Uh, but I, I find it interesting the first time this, you see this little phrase, you know, by the waters is, is there with, with God hovering above uh, an image of, of chaotic, formless, uh, dangerous water. And all he does is he speaks to it, right? And he gives it order, he gives it form, uh, the very, uh, essence of his breath, his words, bring life to things, yes? Um, his very presence, you might say. <laughs> um, the fact that his he was face to face with that water changed the, the nature of that water from something that uh, could not bear any life we, we couldn't live with to something that brought out land, that brought out the creatures, the living things, and of course, us, ourselves. Um, I was having an interesting discussion with my students the other day. Uh, we have Bible time a few times a week, uh, the school where I work, and they were asking me, Mr. Coffin, what, what language does God speak, right? Uh, what, like way back when, is it, is it Hebrew, you know, what about Adam and Eve, what do they speak? You know, they're asking these types of questions. And, and uh, the answer that came to my mind, I never thought about it this way before that moment was, well, when he spoke, right, what happened the first time that he spoke? Uh, it wasn't just words that came out of his mouth, it was the very fabric of reality. And that, fa that, that very thing that came out of him, the, the universe, the cosmos, swirled out of his mouth, that's the language that he speaks with. And when he 
What he declared that it was, he said that the very thing that came out of him was good. Everything that speaks out of his mouth is good, right? Uh, and so um, I think of that as I, as I imagine this. He's leading me beside the still waters. It's uh, his very presence. It's where he brings us, those places, the things that he's speaking over us. Um, they're always good, right? Um, there's no part of his existence, uh, his presence, that isn't defined that way, right? Um, there's no part of him that could say, well, I'm here with you, God, but this is evil, right? You know, maybe the things that are coming at us are evil. Uh, but as we can see at the end of this, uh, of the psalm, right, it's, it's goodness, right? And his, lo his loving kindness that are pursuing us all the days of our lives, right? Um, that's our reality, again. That's the place that we live in with him. His presence is that, that cosmic energy of constant creating goodness wherever he goes, right? Uh, and that, I think, flows really well into this next uh, verse, which I think is maybe my favorite of the, of the psalm. It's, he restores my soul. And that, that phrase... Uh, I've been thinking about that phrase. Sometimes we use it kind of um, casually, right? You know, you're drinking a cup of coffee in the morning. Wow, this coffee is really, really restoring my soul this morning, right? Um, you know, oh, I, I was really hungry. Now my soul is restored, right? Um, it's, it's kind of a casual, chipper, sort of warm, fuzzy feeling, maybe. As, as, as a kid, whenever I would hear this verse, he restores my soul. That's what would come to my mind, just sort of a general warm fuzziness, right? Uh, but this is a, a really powerful idea. First of all, the word restore uh, doesn't mean just to kind of, you know, make nice, right? Oh, he's, he's, he's making my soul nice and neat or whatever. It's restoring means to give something back that was lost, right? When you restore something, you, it means you lost it at some point. <laughs> it, it wasn't there, and it's something that was being brought back to the full, right? And that word soul there, again, English, English, sometimes I love the English language, uh, but it can, be, it can be a little fuzzy sometimes as well. It, this word soul, to me, is, is kind of a bland word that I don't know, I don't, I don't use it every day. I don't know if you use the word soul every day, uh, but it's, it's not something that comes up in everyday language, I don't feel like. Uh, the word here in Hebrew is the word nefesh. And I like that word a little bit better because nefesh is more than just your, sometimes we say soul, like mind, will, and emotions, right? Uh, nefesh is more than that, though. Uh, nefesh is something deeper. Uh, your nefesh is the very essence of your life. <laughs> it's the, the wellspring of your existence. It is the emotional core of being. It's the thing that stirs up within you when you become passionate when you become excited, when you are ready to live life to the fullest. <laughs> that is what nefesh is. It's being stirred up with the very spirit of God himself, right? And that's something that's being returned to the speaker here. And so, the Lord Yahweh is my shepherd. I want for nothing, right? He's bringing me to places of rest. He's bringing me to places of restoration, refreshment of his good nature. His very presence is changing the atmosphere around me. I have still waters. And he's giving me the very life force within me. He's stirring something new in me. He's returning something that I thought I'd lost, right? And now I've become a new person, right? The fire of being alive. That thing within us that we can't quite 
point to in a scientific way, but something that we know when we're walking around, like Nea said, weary and burdened. We know we're not living with our nefesh restored to us, right? When we feel dragged down, when we feel burdened, when we feel that every anxiety in this world is stacked up on top of us and weighing on our mind, that's not living with our nefesh restored to us, right? So this is something new. This is something being brought up and brought back to life, right? Yeah, that's so good. Like, that restoring, it's, like you said, like, not only, I think sometimes we, at least for me, I think, oh, I wish I could go back. Or you think of a moment that, like a high that you had with the Lord, and you're like, oh, I, if I could only just get back to that place. If, like, I feel like I, I'm not feeling quite as refreshed or restored as I was in that moment. But I think the Lord, what he wants to do is he continually wants to do a new thing in us where his restoration isn't just trying to bring us back to a place that we already were, but he wants to bring us forward in a way that we are, yes, we have the revelations of yesterday, but we also have the inspiration and revelations of today. And I think sometimes we're... Um, we can sometimes be looking back, sometimes in a sense of like, okay, this is my past and I feel guilt and condemnation for that. But equally, we can look back and wish for a part of our relationship with the Lord that we feel like has been lost. And so what God can do then is he can say, I'm not gonna bring you back there but I'm going to take what I did back there and I'm going to infuse it with today's revelation for you, with today's wisdom for you. And what that does is it, it helps us to have wholeness and grace in the moment right now that we're not looking to the past or to the future, but we're in the present with him. And that's the only thing that we can really truly do to... Um, to really just experience his presence right now. And I think that's just like part of what we're sharing today is David, through this psalm, he is expressing his relationship, his connection with the Lord in each of these places, in each of these ways. And you notice like it starts out, it says, he is my shepherd. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It's all him. It's all him. It's just us coming to that place of partnership with him and being able to say, Lord, I receive you. And then he receives us and embraces us in that moment. Is this a good Well, maybe spot we can finish to... then. Pause. Oh, the yeah, line. Yeah, okay. finish, the, <laughs> finish the line we're at here. Um, these last few, few lines here, uh, he guides me, right? So like Naya was saying, he doesn't just, you know, we're restored, right? We're given something, that life force within us, but it's not a looking back experience, is it? It's he's guiding us forward on a path of rightness, right, of righteousness. Um, and notice there, uh, we were, again, we were listening to that message by, by Bill Vanderbush, very good. Uh, 
I think it was on YouTube, right? You can ask us about it if you ever want to look it up. Um, he, he said something I, I thought I found kind of amusing is that he said, uh, this is the part, we get to this part, right? We say, oh, this is where uh, God, Jesus can take a back seat, right? Where now I'm going to go forward and I'm going to figure out all the good things to do, right? You know, I, I'm, I'm restored. Thanks, Jesus. I feel rested up. Great. Now it's time for me to go do the good work, right? And here I go. See you later, Jesus, right? Uh, and that's not how it's presented here, right? It's he's in the lead, right? He is guiding. He is showing us what to do, where to go. Uh, and it's on it's on a path, right? It's not just any which way, right? You know, way we're just any moral thing we can do, any right thing we can do, right? Uh, that can become hectic. And again, we're going to be weighed down not with just the burdens of this world, but weighed down maybe with religiosity, with the uh, just the weight of having to perform, right? Uh, there's no performance here, is there? There's no um, becoming a marionette for Jesus, right? It's it's Him leading and guiding us. This is relationship, right? Uh, the word righteousness. Um, sometimes I think when I heard that as a kid, I just, I, I imagine just sort of a stern man, like a stern man with a long beard. Righteousness. Right? That was shaking his finger at me, right? That's the image that would come to my head uh, when I hear, but the word righteousness just, it means right relationship, to be in a place of connection, right? And so it's a path of connection, it's a path of following him and what he wants us to do in this world, which is more than just behaving, it's actually uh, reaching out and becoming something uh, that is going to create this world, uh, bring this place, this world into a place where uh, not only uh, are we experiencing the lying down in green pastures, the restorative waters, our nefesh, the fire of our, our being coming up within us, we're also going out and we are helping others to see and to live that way as well, right? Um, and that's the most important thing that people see. This is what living with him is like, right? That's what we're walking on this path to do, is to show others the gospel, right? The good news that the king of this world is here to cause us, to bring us peace, to bring us hope, to bring us the very life within us that so many in this world have lost, right? Um, and here we see that this is all, he's doing this all, he's doing all these things for us for the purpose of his own name. Right? So it's his very being, the very existence, the reality of himself is his goodness, right? And there's no part of himself he wants to see exemplifying anything else. So anything that he brings into his fold is going to become like him, become like that goodness, become like that peace and love and the fire and passion to see everything else become like that, right? Uh, and that's why he does it, right? And that's so good. So I think we're going to stop there, I guess, and we're going to pick up next week, right? We, we have the message again next week. How about that? Um, yeah, so I think we will just take a moment that there's the song that I had heard. It's only three and a half minutes, um, but I think it's really important for us now, even just to hearing this and, and hearing the scripture, to really sit for even just three minutes in the Lord's presence and to understand what it means to receive and to know that he's here. That it's not just this, okay, his presence is floating on a little cloud and then drops on us, but it's he is all-encompassing. He is here. 
So you could play that song and just close your eyes, just have a moment with the Lord.
You're here in this place. You're here in our hearts. You're here wherever we are. And Lord, we just, we just let go. We just come to you. We know that you are our shepherd, that you give us abundance, that we can rest in you, that our soul is restored in you. So Lord, we just come before you and allow you to hold our hearts in your hands. Thank you, Lord. The only way that our heart can truly be still is when you're holding it. So we just still our hearts, Lord, in you. Lord, we thank you for the peace that is ours right now, even in the midst of worldly turmoil and war. And we receive this word that's been brought to us today. I receive it. receive it. We thank you, Lord, that you are right here, right here with us now. Whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, whatever the adversity, whatever the storm may be, whatever, you are with us and you lead us you will guide us in the right path, your path. In Jesus' name, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Peter and Linnea. And if anyone would like prayer, please come forward. Jill and Krista and maybe Peter and Linnea can stay up to pray with people. And then remember we have a meal together, so please stay for the meal in the fellowship hall. <laughs>